Kia ora, and welcome to Te Waka, Victoria University of Wellington, the podcast. Tourism is an important industry in New Zealand, but it can also have a negative impact on the environment, physically and culturally. In this episode of the podcast, experts from the Wellington School of Business and Government discuss the importance of adopting sustainable models of tourism and the challenges and opportunities sustainable tourism presents. Tēnā koutou katoa, my name is Dr Ina Reichenberger and I'm a Senior Lecturer in Tourism Management in the Wellington School of Business and Government at Te Haringawaka Victoria University of Wellington. I'm really excited that you've tuned into this episode of the podcast which is all about sustainable tourism. Sustainable tourism takes full account of its current and future economic, social and environmental impacts and is of course an increasingly important focus for the tourism industry, particularly in New Zealand, where tourism is one of the major exports. So today we'll talk a little bit more about how we plan to move to a more sustainable future, what tourism will look like and what the impact on New Zealand will be. Joining me today to discuss this are Associate Professor Christian Schott and Associate Professor Ian Yeoman. Christian is an Associate Professor in Tourism Management at the Wellington School of Business and Government and is an expert in sustainable tourism development, tourism's interrelationship with climate change and sustainable tourism education. Associate Professor Ian Yeoman, who describes himself as a professional crystal ball gazer, is a futurologist specializing in travel and tourism. Ian learned his trade as the scenario planner for Visit Scotland, where he established the process of futures thinking within the organization using a variety of techniques, including economic modeling, trends analysis and scenario construction. So thank you so much, both of you, for being here. And let's start with a fairly basic question. What actually is sustainable tourism? Christian, could you help us out a little here? Yes, thank you. Kia ora tato. Um, it's a pleasure to, to be part of this podcast and to talk about this important topic. And thank you for the excellent introductions, Ina. Um, so sustainable tourism really is a holistic approach where we apply ecosystems thinking to something that is relevant to all of us. All of us are tourists at one stage in our life. And what I think sometimes is not quite given um, due focus is that sustainability is a balance between environmental, economic, social, and cultural well-beings. And this focus around the balance is what is really important, that we have to make some compromises, but we can't clearly prioritize one over the other. Thank you, Christian. Very often, people also use the terminology responsible tourism to talk about something that sounds a lot similar. Um, could you tell us a little bit around the difference between responsible and sustainable tourism? Is it all the same? Is it the same word for two different words for the same thing? Um, yeah, I'm not particularly concerned about the difference. Some people make a difference. And I think if you are looking for a difference, it would be that responsible tourism is more on the consumer side, that consumers can behave in a responsible way. And sustainable tourism is sort of more supply-led. So it's more about how we develop, how we manage destinations. Um, but I'm quite happy to, to sometimes even use it interchangeably because we should be providing responsible um, tourism management and planning, as well as sustainable. Thank you, Christian. Um, in terms of sustainable tourism in New Zealand, what are some 
present negative impacts we're seeing that stem from our time pre-COVID? Um, I think there's always been issues around negative and positive issues in tourism. Um, and I think that that hasn't changed since, since the beginning of time. I think New, New Zealand's tourism success prior to COVID-19 was all about distribution. And in certain places of New Zealand, there was probably too many tourists any particular one time. You know, there's been issues with freedom campers. There's been issues with campsites. Um, there's been a number of hotspots. But generally, tourism in New Zealand has been, overall, has been a very good experience. Um, and because we're a far away destination, we haven't had the issues of over-tourism compared to, to city destinations like Rome, Paris and Amsterdam. So on the general side, it's been very good. Thank you, Ian. Christian, would you like to add anything to it? Yeah. And I think Ian's take is, is quite good. If we compare ourselves on an international level, New Zealand has handled this quite well. Um, But of course, when you drill more deeply and you look particularly at how we project New Zealand to the world with 100% pure New Zealand image, um, consumers are increasingly asking, really, is New Zealand truly 100% pure? Because when they come here and they travel around the country, they are not quite as convinced. And I think that's sort of a lead in into some of the, the issues that the country is facing. Yes, internationally, we're doing all right. But that shouldn't mean that we should um, not have higher aspirations, particularly if we think about transitioning even further to make this, to make tourism even more about well-being for, for everyone. So I think some of the social impacts have been linked to environmental in impacts, so social concerns linked to what's happening to the natural environment. Um, the cultural impacts where it can be a tourism can be a very powerful empowerment tool for any community, including indigenous communities, Maori communities, hapu, iwi. Um, but I saw, also think there have been some also negative impacts where people feel they haven't been in full control of how they want to offer their tourism products. Thank you, Christian. So clearly there's still lots of potential to develop tourism in New Zealand in a more sustainable manner. And the current discussion in the media since the onset of COVID-19 has focused very much on how a more sustainable future for tourism in New Zealand can be created, often also labelled as reimagining New Zealand tourism. Ian, can you tell us a little bit more about what the discussion is all about? Well, you, you've got to remember, you've had a the biggest global crisis in tourism since, since probably since the beginning of time, because tourism prior to COVID-19 was on a trajectory for, 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 for big growth. And tourism has been at the forefront of COVID-19 in the terms of disruption, basically because tourism's um, a system of mobility, that system of mobility has come to stop. So international arrivals have completely virtually disappeared in many destinations of the world. And particularly in New Zealand, because we're an island, we're far away, that's gone away. So as a consequence of that, we, we tend to think we want to get back to basics. We have time to meditate and think about what is the future of tourism. And very much people, um, destination leaders in New Zealand and other countries have used this word reimagination. They want to see what could New Zealand tourism or another destination look like in 10, 15 years time? What do we want? And we very much focus on utopian values. What 
what do I really want it to be? And, and that's that value system. And right at the center of that value system has been sustainability and the debates around climate change. And they've come to the forefront of where we are. The big issue about going forward is the debate between reimagination and regrowing. And sometimes they're in conflict. And the other problem with utopian values about reimagination are a utop utopia is defined as a place I never get to. It's a place I want to be, but I actually never get to. So that's been the danger of how do we reimagine New Zealand? What are the decisions and the act and the actions we take of how how far we can go and what we can do? Thank you, Ian. Um, you just referred to climate change and the discussion around what actions specifically we should take to move closer to a more sustainable tourism industry. The Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment has released a report earlier in 2021, building upon a prior version of it. Christian, how does this report feed into the issues around sustainability, climate change, and perhaps others that Ian has just talked about? Yeah, thanks. I think it's a really exciting move to see this come out at the time when it did. Um, where I was a little bit disappointed is that it wasn't integrated into a broader framework. So there were some, some clear practical um, points. He made four recommendations. Um, I think they all are very valid. I think they will lead us towards making progress. And he does acknowledge that he doesn't want to put out a, a comprehensive framework that can then be heavily criticized, but I thought it could have, a comprehensive framework could have been built around these specific points, not taking away from those recommendations. And one of the key recommendations there is what, relating to what Ian was talking about in terms of climate change. So international emissions, so anybody flying between New Zealand and other destinations currently is in a bit of a a nobody cares zone because it's not part of any jurisdiction, meaning nobody has to take responsibility for those emissions that occur in between countries. And of course, for New Zealand, this is a very heavy climate liability because people are producing those emissions to be able to come here. And New Zealand is traveling overseas on the same boat. So one of his key recommendations is to charge a departure tax similar to what we've seen in the UK and in, in Europe, where he goes a bit further though and doesn't just say we should charge a departure tax to, to make sure that we can ring fence some money for, for climate change. But he um, also says that this might also help our neighbors in the Pacific um, enhance the resilience to climate change impacts, which sort of is part of the mandate of of New Zealand to look after its its Pacific neighbors. Where I'm not quite convinced it's going far enough is that when he talked about some of the charges in the, in the press conference, he said he was looking to adopt similar charges to the ones that the UK adopted 10 years ago now, back in 2010, which would add about I think $25 for a flight to Australia and back. So that would apply to Australians coming here as they leave New Zealand, as well as to New Zealanders going to Australia and then coming back. Because part of the argument is about trying to reduce overall flow, that this increase in numbers is not sustainable. And that's why I'm thinking, well, if we want to reduce the flow and we want to use resources that we gather 
to enhance how we can deal with climate change, then shouldn't we elevate that level, that levy slightly, to maybe cut down on demand a little bit? It feels like that would be consistent with that overall approach. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Christian. Now, we've just been talking a lot about climate change and the environmental impact of tourism. But as you've noted earlier, it's also about sociocultural aspects, about the impacts on the community. And this, of course, isn't something that in the Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment's report is included. What additional steps do you believe New Zealand needs to take in order to also have a positive impact on the other pillars of sustainability? Well, one of the things about sustainability, one of the things you've got to remember, there are 17 sustainable development goals and climate change is just one of them. It, it's what do we do about the other 16? So basically, in order to go forward from a sustainability perspective, um, it's it's about how do you create balance between community business uh, and the environment and getting getting that balance is where we get is where we get conflicts. Without doubt, we need to do something um, because um, if we do have regrowth and we do get back to the numbers that we did had to COVID nineteen, there's going to be there's going to be issues around there's going to be issues in communities around sustainability. So there are there are decisions to be to be made around product development, around taxation, around social groups licensing to operate, about legislative standards, about education programs. There's a whole raft of, of ideas we need to take that go beyond just the, um, a climate change levy or an international taxation. It's about substantive change rather than just about taxation because taxation is just one model. You know, it, it's, 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 it's that carrot and stick type of thing, we need to be able to incentivize and develop experiences and change attitudes towards what tourism is in New Zealand. Thank you, Ian. That sounds like a fairly complex matter that involves quite a lot of stakeholders. What would some of the main challenges associated with an enterprise like this be, Christian? Well, this needs to be a, a whole-of-country approach, the whole-of-government, all the industry players, plus the all the third-sector players, the NGOs, all the groups that have an interest or are somehow affected by tourism need to be part of this. And I think that's where the, the Tourism Futures Task Force really um, fit into that gap very nicely, that it truly engaged all the stakeholders. You know, there will have been some exceptions, but it had a very broad appeal in terms of the group itself and then the advisory group. And that kind of framework is is what's needed, really getting a lot of people under one umbrella. Firstly, visioning what New Zealand should be, what New Zealand's tourism industry should be, and then making progress towards achieving that goal. And interestingly, because you ask about culture and cultural and uh, social concerns, I keep finding when I look at research and also in some of my own research that a lot of the concerns that are social or cultural are still related to the environment and to the state of the natural, natural environment. Um, and it's often how people perceive other tourists behaving that is causing them concern. So I think a lot of, or some at least, of that social licensing issue, whether tourism has still a license to operate in some communities, still relates to how tourists behave in regard to the environment, whether it's littering, whether it's 
human waste and um, whether it's other aspects that are more more sort of damaging to other resources. I, I think there's a there's a positive there's a, a positive and a negative coming out at the moment about the debate about where New Zealand tourism goes at the moment. I think it's quite easy to, to put down an industry. Um, because it's, it's a story of the newspapers, you know, climate change equals tourism. So there's a story of negativity and the press wants that story. Um, that was the debate about over tourism, et cetera, prior to COVID-19. But you've got to remember, actually, tourism in New Zealand is, is a good product. We, we have some very good experiences and we're doing a lot the right way. And if you look at it economic, and if you look at indicators of sustainability and economic indicators of tourism. You look at the um, the World Economic Forum st stuff, you know, we're ranked up there out of 170 countries. We're ranked about number 14 or 15 when it comes to sustainability and the environment. We have, one, we're very good with governance, legislative frameworks. So we've just got to be careful with what the balance is. Thank you. Christian, you just mentioned the Tourism Futures Task Force report that was released in March 2021. Ian, from a futures perspective, what are your thoughts about the recommendations put forward by the Tourism Futures Task Force and their vision for a sustainable tourism future in New Zealand? Well, there's, there's two issues there. One, um, what the, the report that was published was an interim report. Uh, and then the minister closed down, closed down the task force. So there's there's issues around where does the report where does the report go? I think the report came out. Um, one, it's a manifestation of what government policy is going to be anyway. There was politics with the task force, uh, and two, but some of the decisions are the right decisions in the terms of sustainability and and the mindset and some of the frameworks and also some of the focus on, on research and science in the terms of a science ro roadmap to take it forward. Yeah, I think the it was only released very recently, but what I could see is it it really resonates, and there are some very bright minds involved in this task force, and you can see that all of them have the well-being of New Zealand as as an entirety um, at their hearts, and it's about the well-being for the environment that seems to be well balanced with the well-being for culture well-being for the social fabric of the country, as well as recognizing the economic well-being is part of this bigger picture. The Tourism Futures Task Force report um, has also taken the approach to structure the areas they were looking at and their recommendations in line with indigenous Maori values. What role does that indigenous component play in a sustainable tourism future for New Zealand? Thanks, Ina. I think it is a really important component. And I think New Zealand has been doing this quite well. Back in the New Zealand Tourism Strategy 2010, I believe, um, Maori values were already quite prominent. Kaitiakitanga, Manakitanga were key themes that were part of this, of this strategy. As Maori colleagues and Maori scholars will point out, we need to be careful that we don't overuse or misuse these these concepts. They're more than just words, and that we we do give credit to to the often I think my understanding the tikanga that sits behind it and that bigger worldview. Um, but I certainly feel that if if it has Maori support, then this is a really valuable 
step forward to clearly say that New Zealand is a distinctive country. It's a partnership between Crown and Maori, and that should be featuring in all aspects of, of life, including tourism. And I'm really excited to see this strong focus led by two um, task force members that are Maori and are presumably deeply embedded in Maori culture. I don't think you can separate New Zealand tourism and what Maori culture what Maori culture is about from an economic, environmental and, and social perspective, because they're both inseparable. Um, what New Zealand is, is what, what, Maori, what, what Maori is and, and, what, and what they represent. So they're very intertwined. And you've got to remember some of the iwis and some of the iwi operators are some of the biggest um, tourism providers across the country. If you look at some of the concessions in some of the national parks, um, they're inseparable. And you've got, the one thing I always remember about a Maori perspective is they always take a long-term perspective. They're always interested in long-term change. So the decisions of the task force, what are the consequences on their community, their environment and, and their people? Thank you. Going from here, um, what do you believe or what do you hope perhaps um, would New Zealand tourism look like five, ten years from now or maybe beyond? What's your vision for a sustainable tourism future? Um, the further we go into the future, the, the more unpredictable it is to make um, because one of the, the principles of future studies is, is it's the word futures. It's not one future. I think the Tourism Task Force as a starting point has set out has set out in the terms of this is what we want New Zealand to be. This is about well-being. This is about our, our Maori product. This is about communities. And this is about doing the business from an economic perspective perspective the right way that's already been set out so that's that's the that's the target and and that's a representation of previous government policy and uh, Simon Upton's most recent work so that's the direction that this government will will take it in the terms of that so that that's at the beginning can i just pick up on that um you mentioned it's about what we want new zealand to be Do we all want the same or what are some of the potential conflicts that may arise from the actions? That that, that's a good forward because the present tourism task force um, has come with an agenda. For example, it, it's come with a socialist agenda um, where values are based upon communities, um, distribution of wealth and all of that type of thing. So the, the policy perspective has come from, from that. Is that what we want. And if you look at the cycle change policies that we've had in New Zealand, it flips between a business approach and a, it, to a community approach. And that was very resonant under John Key's government, where government policy was funded about economic growth, economic growth. And if you looked at the first draft of of tourism policy under Key's government, uh, for example, sustainability was on page 28. It wasn't even mentioned. It wasn't even mentioned. Yeah, let's hope things have moved on. I, I'm, I'm really optimistic and really excited about how things might move forward. And although this analogy is not a good one, but people point out we shouldn't waste a good disaster or a good crisis. And clearly there's been so much suffering around the world as in New Zealand that we really need to do justice to this moment in time. And I think we really need to grab this opportunity to, to change tourism towards what we really, what New Zealand wants it to be. And the, the New Zealand or the we is that very comprehensive approach where, yes, 
we will have to overcome some of these differences, some of these divisions. But I think all of this can work together quite well. And my concern at the moment is that this window of opportunity is slipping away, that we are, we are spending a lot of time thinking, which is absolutely important. We are reflecting, but we need to start putting the new messages out there so that the world starts listening to what New Zealand wants to be and how it sees itself as it comes back. And I really feel strongly that our step will need to go beyond sustainable tourism into a regenerative approach to tourism. And this could also serve the economic well-being very well, where we become identified as one of the leaders in regenerative tourism. And that in itself can position us quite uniquely in that space because of Maori culture, because of the values that a lot of Kiwis have and have had for a long time. Christian, what do you mean by regenerative tourism? So regenerative tourism is, is an approach where we don't accept that the status quo will remain as it is. So sustainable tourism has been the most immediate goal because a lot of economies were based on very extractive um, processes, including um, tourism. And we have been trying to minimize the extractive nature of tourism by minimizing any negative impacts, maximizing positive impacts. But still, the very term alludes to the fact that we're wanting to sustain something in the same state indefinitely which is absolutely the benchmark. But I think in New Zealand, we're positioned well enough on that sustainability continuum that we're high enough on it to try and take that leap towards a regenerative approach where we, we leave places better than how we found them. This is the most common way of how people now conceptualize this, that we are doing more to try and help the overall well-being. And tourism can be a key player to enhance the well-being of all communities in the way it was envisaged by some people many, many decades ago. Thank you. So for now, a lot of the work around the reimagining of New Zealand tourism has been done on a governance and a policy level. But of course, this can't be where it remains. It has to be put into action across the entire tourism industry. So Ian, what do you think the next steps would be and how will responsibilities be distributed for this moving forward? Well, I think there's there's a couple of things that are, that are happening in there. First, I think is about so if you look across the world you know the, the debate about climate change and sustainability has has moved on the the decision is this is this is the way forward in the terms of action so if you look at the top 50 destinations in the world they're all doing that i think the big difference is um what's the degree of change and the and the pace of change in the terms of the, the way go forward so this government in particular will see legislative change co come through in the terms of sustainability and what the next step is and that will be continued with, with another with another government as well um in in the terms of doing things but i i think business practice and how you can operate will probably be the, some of the first steps the government will change if you want to if you want to be a business in tourism what what do you mean by a sustainable sustainable a business in tourism that's sustainable in the terms of its practices and its procedures and i think that'll be one of the first changes we see 
With implementing sustainable practice on an individual business level, we can assume, I suppose, that costs would be associated with this. Yet for the past year or so, our tourism businesses have been struggling quite significantly with income. What might that mean for the future and the abilities of individual businesses to practice in line with what the government and we all envision? I think the the only way that this can really work is that some of the costs have to be passed on to the tourist, to the user. I mean, the simple idea that any cost should be covered by the user, interestingly, hasn't been applied in tourism. So that tourists often pay less than the impacts that they create. Businesses, of course, need to play a role in this, but ultimately some of the products will probably need to become more expensive, as will the product of New Zealand as a whole. Because if flight prices increase, which everybody, I think, expects need to, then just the process of coming here will become more expensive. Where this becomes problematic is that um, some international visitors will make the choice, and they can make the choice, whether they come to New Zealand as a a destination with a particular focus and image. But for domestic tourists, including us, of course, this becomes more challenging. And I don't think there's any way around the idea of differential pricing anymore, where we do need to apply different pricing models to international tourists and to locals who already pay rates, who pay taxes. And yes, people argue tourists pay taxes but only for a three-week period or for a two-week period or for whatever period when they buy purchase products. So I think that argument needs to be had and that there's this is something that's been practiced in other countries for a long time. We need to go there. Thank you so much, Christian Schott, Ian Yeoman, for participating and joining us for this podcast today. What are some concluding remarks that you'd like to leave our listeners with as they ponder what they've just heard about New Zealand tourism futures? Well, well I think if we talk about the future of tourism, one of the things we haven't talked about is um, I'm a great believer of science fiction and I love Westworld. So um, think of Westworld as is that fantasy theme park, robots and a whole range of different things. So we haven't seen... Westworld didn't go all that well. That's true. All I'm trying to say is technology is also going to bring substantive change of how we interact with tourism and what we do with tourism in the terms of what we go. The concept around technology singularity is going to be huge within the next five, five to ten years and you're going to see some radical change. Thank you, Associate Professor Ian Yeoman. Christian? Thank you. I really just want to finish on the note that I've, I've been here now for 20 years. I think of New Zealand as my home. I love being here and I would love to see it um, develop in a way that the communities wanted to develop, that it, we, we increasingly uh, talk about a, a hosting community, which is what some of the sort of visionaries have been proposing, rather than the visitor economy. We really need to take control back where New Zealand and New Zealand's communities decide what type of tourism is palatable to them, what do they want, and also what do they want out of tourism from their own country. Surely they have a right that they um, enjoy their country for everything it has to offer. And those are my final thoughts. Thank you so much. To stay up to date with our latest podcasts, 
Subscribe using your preferred podcast provider. Thank you to Te Koki School of Music alumni Stefan Patton and Kenyon Shanky for the use of their music. From Te Heringa Waka, Victoria University of Wellington, Haere rā.